West Monroe, 98.9 FM. K223BI, Greenwood, Shreveport, 92.5 FM. KQJO, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi, 99.3 FM. And K261EB, Lake Charles, 100.1 FM. And online at www.kaytfm.com. The heart and soul of Central Louisiana. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna and Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist churches in Alexandria. We desire to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ to a dying world in these final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. You see what I'm doing, pointing at you at me. Because the moment that somebody comes in and they smell like alcohol, you can't come in here dressed like that. Okay, so now God deems you as the usher. And you don't know what they're bringing. You just ushered a soul away from the kingdom. And you forget you was just like that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, well, I'm, oh Lord, oh Lord. You gotta be careful. Because you don't even know. When last time we we figured out that God was in heaven. I know what we're dealing with. Sometimes as men and women of God, we become the church police. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a ticket for the way you dress today. Yeah, yeah, church police. I'm going to give you a ticket because you shouldn't be coming in here like that today. I'm going to give you a ticket because you show, you are looking at me all like I'm small. Yeah. Oh, there it go, there it go. And then when you sit down, you sit down here with your arms folded, blowing just like that, yeah. wondering when the service going to be over. Yeah. Amen, stomach growling, stomach touching like this here. Uh, and you know you got to take your, your medication and stuff, and you come in here mad. What you coming in here mad for? Jesus ain't did nothing to nobody. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. So that's why he had to re-implement love in verse 34, because that's where you know we're not going to stay there, because I got to move on today, because I want to make sure that you get out on time so we can all eat together. Is that all right, everybody? So he goes on in verse 35. Now, he mentions love in verse 34 a couple of times. And the new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That's two times. And you also love one another. So it's a sandwich right there. He's trying to get them to understand. Verse 35, he says, by this, what is the this that he was talking about? By the love. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not like. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Love is going to cause our hearts to deal with people in some places where we really don't want to deal with them. Yeah. And some people will know that you don't love them. That's right. That's right. By your behavior and your reaction. It ain't always in your eyes. It's how you, how you treat people. Mm-hmm. You can tell that. Watch this. Animals can tell that. And guess what? We're more intelligent than animals. Somebody ought to say amen. People can, children will tell, they can tell. 
if you really love them or not. Yeah, they can tell, and, and they, they, don't, they don't go by certain people. Mm-mm. They won't go to you, that's right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And they're not able to communicate it in language that is expressible. They, their behavior, psychologists tell us, will tell, mm-mm, I don't know, mommy. Mm-mm, I don't want to. I don't want to go back over there. Ah, so why you don't want to go over to your Mimo house? <laughs> you see, they got quiet on me. April. You see, they got quiet. Why you don't want to go over to Auntie So and So house? They can't express why they don't want to go. They just letting you in the way that they best know that they don't want to go over there. It's not the smells of reek of reefer. <laughs> not that. It's not that. It's not what they're watching on television that they let everybody else watch. Because we have to watch these things. They carry spirits. Yes, they do. And we bring them home. And we wonder what's wrong with our children. We, but as fathers, we're priests of our homes. Uh-oh. I ain't get no amen on that one. Okay, all right, let me move on. I guess we, we, I guess we dukes of our homes. I don't know if we want to become priests because that involves too much responsibility. Well, since you put it that way, Pastor, we have to become priests of our homes if we plan on making it to the kingdom. Because he says it and mentions it so many times in scripture that we are priests and kings. And we have to live with the responsibility in being a priest and, not or, and a king. Why? Because there is a territory in which we protect. That's the reason why the person whom you deem spouse to you, her last name changed. Oh, you're looking foreign at me. You're looking foreign at me. Do you not know y'all can't stay in the same house and y'all last names differ? Y'all slow today. Y'all slow. Because when you become priest of your home, everything is up under your name. Everything is up under. The insurance is up under your name. The mortgage is up under your name. The vehicle's up up under your name. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you have to sign a loan for your children, it's up under your name. Because Jesus is going to ask you in the last day, man, where is your flock? Adam, where are you? He didn't ask for Eve. Daddy, you've gone too far. So we get to this particular point of the text, brothers and sisters. He says, by this we'll know that all are my disciples if you have love for one another. And you have to skip down just a little bit because Jesus is making a departure. And I just want to just share this with you all because the first point that I would like to lift from this particular, particular part of the text is that a father makes plans. A father makes plans. But what are you talking about? When you go with me to Jeremiah 29, and verse 11, you probably know it well. Jeremiah 29, I don't know why I'm looking here because I know it pretty hard. He says, I know the plans I think towards you. Did you hear what God's word said? He says he knows the plans. So that means when a father makes the plans, it's already done. When God created the world, like I asked the other church, how, how, many, how long did it take him? Y'all not sure? Oh, Lord, I had, to go, I had to go through this again. Y'all not sure? How long did it take God to create the world? They're not sure. They're not sure, Elder. I got a lot of work to do. How long did it take everybody? 
You sure? Yeah, what day did he rest on? You sure? Okay, that's why you in church today, you don't recite Exodus 28 through 11 for nothing. And in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth. See, see, when people go out there on the street, they're going to get you. How, how many days it took the Lord to create what? Seven? See, you don't even read your Bible. That's what they're going to tell you. But anyway, a father takes time in planning. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Whew, that thing is pregnant with information. And Jesus right here, he's making plans. What does he say in the text in verse 2 of 14 of John? He says, I go and prepare a place for you. He has already made plans. That's why he's gone now. <laughs> he's doing every, what, everybody? Preparing a place for you and I. And some of us have complained, well, why it takes so long? He going to prepare the place, anything that you build, because, you know, what was Jesus' occupation according to the Bible? He was a carpenter. So he's making sure that the chairs you sit in will hold you when you get to glory. He's making sure when you open the door, you can open the door to your house, and it's not off one inch or one centimeter. I'm talking about Jesus. He knows how to make a couch well put together. Why? Because his father taught him. Ain't nobody see Pastor, you wrong in that scripture. Like nobody can teach Jesus anything. He all, he all knowing. That's what omniscience means. Somebody had to teach him when he got to earth. Who taught him? Joseph, his father. Mm -hmm. Because a father made plans. So he's gone away now to make make stuff for us. You know what? You ought to be making plans in your own mind how you gonna leave here. Brothers and sisters, brothers mainly, you ought to be able to invest in an inheritance on what you gonna leave behind. Well, I'm gonna be lied to Jesus come. Did he tell you that in here? Did he tell did he tell you? I don't I don't believe Jesus made that plan in on how long you're gonna be on the earth. Three score and ten. That's what this said. But if we don't live right, if we don't exercise, if we don't eat right, we might shorten our day. Amen. So God wants us to get it. He wants us to be the fathers that makes plans because he's already gone to a prepared place where the wicked will cease from troubling. And that the weary shall be at rest. God is making plans, beloved. While we see the things that are happening in cycles in our worlds, we got school shootings over here. Our government don't know what to do over here. God is making plans, everybody, that when we leave this place, it's going to take us a while to get to glory. But when we get there, we'll see all of the stuff that was talked about that John wrote in Revelation. We'll see the gates of pearl and streets of gold. We'll get to walk down streets and we won't have to worry about police cars going by and, and somebody shooting at us. Are you listening to me, brethren? We won't have to worry about going to the hospitals because it won't be none. Have you ever been to a point where, where you think, have you ever thought about that? When we get to, it won't be any hot and you have to worry about getting no medication? Are you listening to me today? You have to worry about no, no crutches. Hello, somebody. Canes. Yeah. Amen. You don't have to worry about that. No aches and no pains. I made a rhyme. You, had that? Yeah. you don't have to worry about none of that. 
Arthur. <laughs> you won't have to worry about any of that. Why? Because you'll be in heaven. You won't have to worry about that. But why? Because a father makes plans. Yes, not only does he do that, brother. Not only does he do that. But the next point in looking at this, daddy, you've gone too far, is that a father has a purpose. He has what, everybody? It's right there in the text. He says, I will come again and what? Receive you unto myself. He has purpose in coming to get you. And he has made plans just a while ago. We dive in the purpose because your purpose is not just for you. This is not about you. This is about him. How we live, brothers and sisters, according to this text, he says, I'm going, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. Well, God, you have a purpose for, for me on how I should live here and how I'm to be a father. We can't be selfish. Okay, all right, all right. We can't be stingy. We have to be giving like our heavenly father is. Huh? So being a father, you have to be able to take time and be patient with children. Because in teaching us how to build things, it's going to take time for our minds to wrap around what you're doing. Because there's a purpose for what every father does. I remember, can I just tell you a little bit about my, about my, about my, about my daddy? Amen. Can I, can I tell you a little bit about it? I'm going to tell you a little bit about him anyway. He told us this. And I didn't know anything about pathfindering at that time. He said, be, always be ready. I'm going to let that sink a little bit. I didn't know what he was talking about, Elder Hudson. Always be ready. Watch this. I'm going to fast forward into some things that God has delivered me from that I'm about to tell you with the lesson to always be ready. been listening to the Restoring Faith broadcast with Dr. Christopher Manuel. I pray that today's message made your troubles smaller, your hope greater, and your faith restored. You're invited to join me every first and third Saturday for divine worship service at 10 a.m. and on Tuesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. at the Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist Church located on 4517 South MacArthur Drive in Alexandria and at the Smyrna Seventh-day Adventist Church on every second and fourth Saturday for divine worship service at 11 a.m. and Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. located on 916 Richmond Drive in Alexandria. Beloved, your gifts and love offerings can help keep this ministry on air. Send your correspondence to P.O. Box 3131, Pineville, Louisiana 71361. And join us on every Tuesday and Thursday from 10 a.m. to 1015 a.m. on KAYT for the Restoring Faith broadcast. Be blessed. You're tuned in to the voice of the gospel, beaming the gospel in three states to over 100,000 listeners. 70,000 watts of continuous gospel power. K-A-Y-T-F-M. Good morning. Welcome to Candy Connects, the show that offers a diverse perspective concerning the issues that affect our community. My name is Candy R, and I'm here to help bridge what divides us and broaden your network. 
Today we have special guest Katara Johnson, a community activist featured on CNN and recent documentary on Netflix, The Racial Divide. She holds a master's in organizational leadership, business management, and was part of the Spokane representatives of, on the 2018 Faith and Politics Civil Rights Pilgrimage with the Honorable John, with the Honorable John Lewis and co-sponsored by Republican Congresswoman Kathy McMenus. Now, Rogers. Kathy McMorris. Yes, P Kathy McMorris Rogers, sorry. Good morning, and also my sister. And she's here from Washington. And we are going to discuss how do you, Katara, as an independent voter, dealing with our recent election we're going to be dealing with, how do you pick representatives? My voting is based off of people and not party. I ensure that the, the representative or whoever the candidate is lines up with the beliefs and values that I have personally and also a person making sure that that candidate is a person of integrity as well as a person who shows up in my community absent of the campaign. Okay, and family, just so you can understand where we're going today, we are right now in the middle of so many elections. Here in Alexandria, we're dealing with an election. We're about to deal with the presidential election that's coming up. We've dealing, we're dealing with a mayoral election. And what I want to discuss is what, how do we pick a party as a people when you're looking at this situation and you're looking at both sides? You know, how do you observe, you know, what's going on and decide where you stand as a mom, as a veteran, as a woman of color? Well, as I look at all of those things and I look at my, also my children being a, a mother of biracial children and also living inside of a community where I live, there is uh, clearly economic divide. There are those right. who are socially, economically disadvantaged right. and those who are advantaged and those who have the privilege to be able to uh, have enough money to pay for influence. I'm not saying that candidates are bought or sold. However, you can look at the public disclosure on the websites of candidates where they're receiving funding from, and you can see does who, who's funding this, this campaign, who's funding this person, and do those companies represent, are they representing me or are they representing those companies? And I think as communities, we have to be informed voters, not just because of, of a party, because somebody said, I'm, I'm African-American, so I should vote on the left. Right. No, I want to know, are you there for me? Are you there for my children? And I, I hold both sides accountable. So if this, if this candidate is on the right or the left, I'll say, where have they been? What is your track exactly. record? How has your voting affected me? How has it affected the schools in my community and in my neighborhood? How has it affected the universities that my son attends? How does it affect, you know, the, if, if it's a local election, how does it affect my, my city? That's what I'm looking at. We have, we're having a mayoral election here, and we have several candidates. And I don't just want people to run out and say, I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. Our thing is people, we need to look at what's going on. We need to look at our community, and you're absolutely right. Are you out more than just at the Juneteenth celebration? Are you at my church more than just at election time? Are you here to see what's going on in my community, and how, how are you going to impact what is really going to happen? This is what our conversation should be during this time. I also would like to see how do you feel about being an independent? 
being an independent voter gives me freedom. And I think, I think that's the growing party. People are not too, too happy on the left. They're not too happy on the right. I'm happy in the middle because on, I have a choice. I have freedom. And so no one is going to put me inside of a box. And I think, you know, as, as voters, we have more power than we really realize. If we continue to, people, I, I haven't seen a lot of work working for my vote. If I don't see you working in my community for my vote, you're not going to get it. I'm yes. not just going to vote that way because I'm, I'm so, quote, unquote, supposed to. Right. I'm also going to visit your office. I'm going to call. I'm going to send an email. I'm going to set up a meeting because I want to know. I want to talk to you. And I encourage community members because this is what I do. If your candidate is having a town hall or your candidate is going, going to participate in a debate, show up. Show yes. up, hear the conversations, exactly. hear the language, and listen for understanding. Sometimes we are, get so involved with what we want to say and mm -hmm. what we want to share that we're not listening for understanding. And I, I like the word of, uh, the word of God because I'm a believer. He said, in all you're getting, get an understanding. Not just the understanding of his word, but an understanding of what's happening. And so, each other. Yes, and each other. Sometimes, you know, they say when people yell, I work in a, at my day job, I work in a behavioral health organization. So I, I heard that when people yell, it actually means that they feel that they're not being heard. Exactly. So they get louder. You're so, no, it's I, I hear what you're saying. I just disagree. Exactly. And when we can handle conflict with civility, we can actually start getting somewhere because I. What I was taught in, in this work, Bridging the Divide, in my community in Spokane, I was taught that unity does not mean uniformity. Exactly. And that's something that the Congresswoman, you know, uh, helped me to understand because I don't agree with all that she does and all that she votes for. However, working with her to bridge the divide and standing for unity, it has been pretty interesting. Yes, and if you don't know who she is or you don't know who the woman is, that is Republican Congresswoman Kathy McMorris Rogers. Kathy McMorris Rogers, who is the highest female, uh, highest ranking elected female uh, Republican in the United States. She is actually the chair of the House of Representatives. Exactly. Of okay. The United States House of Representatives. Now, now that we've established who she is, and she's also a Republican, can you explain to me how? How has that affected you in your community, with your friends? Because you know we're supposed to be Democrat. That's you know right. that's how we've been taught. <laughs> Hold on, baby. You already know that we are black. We are proud. You know, we are all minority. We should be Republican. So how has that affected you in your, your community? What surprised me is the fact that I'm a member currently of the Washington State Supreme Court's Minority and Justice Commission. I am currently, uh, I, I was a member of the Spokane Regional Law and Justice Council, which uh, addresses racial and equity disparities uh, about how people of color are disproportionately represented in the criminal justice system. And our, our, our scope of work was figuring out how to reduce those numbers. Exactly. And working with, you know, law enforcement, the judges, the prosecutors, and the public defenders. And that's what we're trying to do here in Alexandria as well. We're trying to bridge that. But staying, doing that work, teaching social justice classes, teaching uh, uh, inclusion and implicit bias courses, over the last decade, it was almost as if that didn't exist. Wow. 
they turned their back on me. People started saying things about me. You're being used. And anybody who knows me, I have a master's degree, and it, KT keeps it real. No different than I kept it real on the on the Netflix documentary, That's The Racial right. Divide. Right, exactly. I, I kept it classy, that. but I kept, kept it, it real. real. That's right. And I always keep it real. Qatar not being used by anybody because what am I selling out? What, how what how am I selling? What am I receiving? And so, with that being said, I've noticed that I have I have protested. I've laid on the ground. I have taught classes. I've been upset. I've gone to town hall meetings. I've gone across the state. I've, 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 been, I've lobbied with my legislators. Right. But what I found out recently is building this relationship with the congresswoman. Right. We yeah. have, what we had in common was way more than what we had in differences. We both had a child with a, with a, with a disorder. Her son had autism. Mine was on the spectrum. Exactly. We both were believers. Amen. We well, are believers. We're not, that was, that's not a past tense. We're both our believers. We are both, uh, you know, uh, seeking, you know, better, you know, improvements in our community. And we're both moms, moms that work really hard. And sometimes when you're out working or, or whatever it is you choose to do in the community or in your home, because just because you work at work at home or you're, you're, uh, uh, I call it a, 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 a economic engineer. Yeah, exactly. You know? Working so, more than one job. That doesn't mean that what you do does not have value. Exactly. And sometimes we get so busy, we question ourselves as moms, are we really making a difference? We could save the whole world, but if we lose our children, exactly. you know, what have we really accomplished? And so, and are we good enough as well? Because yes. doing all those things, working a job, going to school, these are the things that, that do connect us. No matter what color you are, no matter what you know, religion you are, if you have children, you're a mom. If you work a job, you're a worker. If you, you know, you go to school, you're a student. We're all really working this, these different jobs, working toward the same common goal, regardless of what side that we're actually saying that we're on. I do feel that conversation, you know, old school, people say conversation ruled a nation. Well, it kind of does. But we want our conversation to be not just what we think. You want to be able to hear the other side out, not just with your listening ears, but with your godly ears you want to hear with your spirit so that you're able to let that person reach across these different lines and, and that's what we need in our country right now bipartisanship exactly that person is willing to reach beyond the, and that is also what i'm looking at for in a candidate are they willing to work with somebody else what type of bills have they passed what laws have they passed have they worked with people from the other side are they reaching across the aisle because that's what this is about that's that's that is what community is. Exactly. That is what networking is. That's what it's working and connecting. And that's why I love when you invited me to the show, I could not resist but showing up because we have to connect. We are all a part. It's kind of like that uh, it, we're all a part of the same network. Yes. We, but we, we look at those, the, the, we focus, tend to focus on the Small differences things. instead of our commonalities. And so, and so that's what we, we need to, to, to change and start working together. Because if we handle conflict, if we come together with, with four key, key things, and these are just the princ basic principles of negotiation. Exactly. One, trust that each other's intentions are good. I didn't come from where I came from. I didn't come all the way from Washington State to Louisiana to argue with Me. you. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and we also have to accept, take conflict with civility. Yes. So we may not agree on every issue, but we can, we can be each other out. And we also want to take the time to say, this is my sister. 
Biologically. Biological sister. I'm sister one, she's sister two. Sister in the south and sister up north. That's right. (laughs) In Washington State. Yeah. Not DC. The one over Oregon and California. They're Oregon and California and Seattle. And me being in Louisiana, but not from Louisiana, I look at the different things that we have here that are wonderful things where we're reaching and we're helping one another. I'm so glad that you took the time to come. No, no problem. You know I have to jump on that flight. So Thank you for helping bridge the divide, and thank you for your show, Bridging the Divide, and we look forward to catching you all next time. And I also want to make sure that you give your website. Oh, com. And also on Netflix? Uh, the Rachel Divide. And we also want to give the Congresswoman her, her props because we appreciate her working towards unity. Yeah, working toward unity across the lines, Democratic and Republican, as well as the middle. And yes. we also know right now the incumbents are being unseated. That's what's happening. She and will. I, I really appreciate my whole fam. I, everybody listening in, what we're going to do is give the time to call in for next show. I thank you so much for making this an awesome experience and the first show being so far yet so near. And we'll catch you next time. Exactly. Bye. Candy Connects at KAYT 88.1 FM. You're tuned in to the voice of the gospel. Streaming the gospel in three states to over 100,000 listeners. 70,000 watts of continuous gospel power. KAYT FM. Kelly's Sitting Services is a personal care attendant agency. Kelly's has served all parishes of Region 6 for the past 25 years. We are locally owned and locally operated. We would like to thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you with dignity, respect, and compassion.